Hello, this is Zandi Hicks. This podcast is called Bold, Brave, and Daring because, well, that's already inside of you. You can choose to be bold, brave, and daring every day of your life. And this podcast teaches you how to walk through life with God, Him showing you how to become bold, brave, and daring. This podcast is like letters from God Himself. So stay tuned because I know that He wants to speak right to you. Hey y'all, so today is letter 23 of the Screwtape Letters, and this letter is interesting. It was another one that was hard to understand, but I'm grateful that we're going through it together. It's really making me research and really think about what exactly Screwtape is telling Wormwood in each letter. So, this letter starts out with the patient and his new lover getting to know more Christians every day. The first line says, through this girl and her disgusting family, the patient is now getting to know more Christians every day and very intelligent Christians too. So now that he's meeting all these new Christians, it's going to be harder to pull the patient away from Christianity. And so Screwtape is telling Wormwood that their strategy will be to corrupt Christianity. It says, the world and the flesh have failed us. A third power remains. And success of this third kind is the most glorious of all. So I foresee the next couple letters also talking about this, but we'll see. What I just read is, you know, the first way that they tried to get him to pull away from Christianity was by getting him to try to be like the world. And then the second way was to get him to succumb to the desires of his flesh. So through food, sex, lust, time, all of the ways that we've been covering in the previous letters. Neither of those worked, so this third kind is corrupting his faith. And they corrupt the patient's faith by giving him a description of Jesus as historical, as a teacher, and making conversations about Jesus political. They want him to focus on facts about Jesus, not what he did when he died on the cross and was resurrected, and that he offers us redemption. This this corruption of Jesus can, as it says... In this letter, tend to direct men's devotion to something which does not exist. They're trying to get him to focus on a person, a version of Jesus that's not actually true. It's just a made-up version and something that they create, and we're going to learn more about that. So they go on talking about a historical Jesus where people, authors, and publishers exaggerate who Jesus was, or they leave stuff out about him. And like I said, they just, they're making their own version of who Jesus is. And people have done this and do this, I think, a lot nowadays, just as they did back then. So through those avenues, through authors, publishers, people, they make Jesus sound like a great man, but that's it. And then it says on page 125, we thus distract men's minds from who he is and what he did. So we first make him solely a teacher and then conceal the very substantial agreement between his teachings and those of other great moral teachers. So it's saying they add Jesus into the list of all the great moral teachers. But the thing about that is, is Jesus is actually the inventor of all teachings. I mean, in the beginning, there was, you know, God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. They're three in one. And God invented everything that we know. It all comes from him. Any great moral teachers, even ones sent by God, 
are just repeating the things that God already invented. So Jesus can't be categorized in the same category as other human teachers. He is God, and remembering who he is and what he did for us is more important than knowing facts and stories about him, and that's all you know of him. It goes on to say, Our third aim is to destroy the devotional life, for the real presence of the enemy, which is God, otherwise experienced by men in prayer and sacrament, we substitute a merely probable, remote, shadowy, and uncouth figure, one who spoke a strange language and died a long time ago. Such an object cannot be, in fact, worshipped. So that's saying that they're cre- they'll create a fake presence of God based on distorting our view and concept of Jesus. It's just some guy that died long ago. I just want to tell you the facts, and I'm sure you already know this, but Jesus did die on the cross, and he rose from the grave, and is living today. He's sitting in heaven with God right now. So if you've had a view in your head when you pray, or you think about Jesus, or you hear stories about Jesus, and you think of an old, dead, historic figure, that's a lie. Jesus is fully God. He's our Savior, and he's fully alive. I can definitely say that I have struggled with this. Like, seeing movies and depictions of Jesus, they can give us a false image of Jesus in our head. And when I pray, usually I pray to God and, you know, I ask the Holy Spirit to be with me, but I'm not sure if I fully embrace that Jesus is also part of that. Like I've definitely gotten tripped up on, you know, just seeing him in the Bible instead of seeing how he is right now. He's God fully the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he is also with me. And I love like a viewing Jesus as my friend and very close friend, someone that you could count on and trust no matter what. And I am so grateful that Jesus died for me and covered all my sins in his blood and brings redemption to me. I'm able to live freely and have a relationship with God because of Jesus. It's such a beautiful gift. And that is the same for everyone. All we have to do is say yes to him. It goes on to say, The earliest converts were converted by a single historical fact, the resurrection, and a single theological doctrine, the redemption, operating on a sense of sin, which they already had. So that's why people follow Jesus, because of the resurrection and the redemption. The last thing in this letter is, the thing to do is to get a a man at first to value social justice as a thing which the enemy demands, and then work him onto the stage in which he values Christianity because it may produce social justice, for the enemy will not be used as a convenience. Men or nations who think they can revive the faith in order to make a good society might just as well think they can use the stairs of heaven as a shortcut to the nearest chemist shop. So what that's saying is get the patient to value faith and God because it, he'll think it leads to social justice. We cannot make God political. Our relationship with him is to be with our heavenly father and creator, not to gain anything that we want. Being a follower of Jesus is good enough. We don't really need to gain anything else. God provides all that we need. Jesus said in John 6:35, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. We don't need God for social justice or political 
views and to help with political things. We need God because we need him. (laughs) End of story. We can't just use him and our relationship with him to gain things in this world. As we've learned in this book so much, like it's all going to pass away anyways. And thinking that we have anything of value here on earth outside of our relationships with people and our relationship with God, it doesn't matter. It's how many people are we bringing with us to heaven? Are we fulfilling the call of God in our life? Are we having a relationship with him and choosing to serve him every day and honor him and bring him glory with our actions and our words and our thoughts? That's what we can focus on, having a relationship with him. And thankfully, Jesus paved that way for us to be able to do that with the resurrection and the redemption of forgiving our sins and making a way for us to be with God. So yeah, letter 23 is interesting. So what this basically said to me is when I'm reading books that are outside the Bible or even reading the Bible, make sure I'm not just looking at the facts about Jesus and the stories. I definitely want to learn who he is, but I don't want any story to trump what he did for us and what he did for me and who he is. Because that is the main thing about this letter that they're trying to corrupt in the man is to pull him away from those things. But the resurrection and the redemption are the reasons that we're going to heaven and that we get to spend eternity with God. What a beautiful gift. It's our testimony of how Jesus brought us to him. And we can share that with other people and then they can have a relationship with God as well. So how can you draw closer to Jesus today and work on your image of him in your mind of thinking of him as your savior instead of just this historical figure and then how can you share about the resurrection and the redemption today or tomorrow or the next day how can you show people who Jesus is through how you live so yeah that is letter 23 and I hope you enjoyed it I know that Every letter has been convicting, so I'm grateful that we've had moments to read and learn, and I will talk to you guys about letter 24 next, so have a good day. Thank you for listening to my podcast today. Bold, Brave, and Daring is all about making you bold, brave, and daring, like I say, because it's already inside of you, and God wants to show that to you. So if you have any questions, please DM me, message me. I would love to hear your questions or about what God has done in your life. So let me know, comments, and I love you. And I hope that you have a wonderful week.